Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How are you? I'm doing well. Had a great Christmas. How about you? Oh, me too. It was a busy whirlwind. We dropped in and out of Tennessee, and uh, we're back here for Christmas Eve and um, Christmas morning. Yeah, it's not too often that you uh, come to Tennessee for a, a quite a bit of time, and we don't at least have a meal or something, but you know, with the holidays and everything, a little bit busier than normal trips, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and normal uh, trips usually involve work. Right. That's that's why we end up running into each other a lot. But uh, this time we we got there on uh, late Wednesday night and had two days with family and then flew back home on Saturday morning. Uh, but it was really, really great uh, time. My mom made boiled custard this year. I don't know how many of our listeners. I've never had it. I've always wanted to try it. It's amazing. It's not really a healthy drink. Um, and I... I had a lot of it. I don't even know how many cups I had in two days, but it was so worth it. Oh. And uh, I, I I really appreciated my mom. All that. right. Well, cool. We had a good Christmas here as well. We stayed in town. My parents are here. Best dad came into town. So it's been a busy week. It's like the Howe Hilton over here at, the, nice. uh, at my house. But it's been good to see family uh, in from all over. And, Great. you know, we are wrapping up 2016 today. So we thought yes. that it would be best to go back and look at what we uh, some of the questions we asked of the Southern Baptist Convention in early 2016 and whenever we did our kind of yearly, our annual preview episode of what to look for and kind of see how we did and see some of the answers to these questions. And because we, we've gone over these and some things that we thought we'd see and some, right. uh, you know, some of these that we thought would be big deals turned out to be nothing. Some that we thought would be yeah. big deals actually were even bigger than we could ever have imagined. Right. Um, it, it was really funny. I hadn't thought about these questions in a long time. And when we decided to do this, I went back and looked at the show notes and I, I was really, uh, I was really surprised. I was, same as you, I was surprised at some of the things that we were really, we were focusing on that maybe weren't as big. And then a couple of them I thought, Oh my, well, never knew. Oh where my that is right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a couple that I thought we have the answer to that. That's for sure. But we'll get to those in a second. All right, so let's jump into these. Number one, and this was a biggie, and we, we had no yes. idea what this was going to be like. What will be the story at the annual meeting in St. Louis? I, I think the answer to that one, Amy, is pretty clear. Yes. Two elections and no outcome. And, yeah. you know, a, a final acclamation of a SBC president. Yes, uh, two elections, no outcome. And um, actually, I would say there were two major stories at the annual meeting yeah. in St. Louis. and the, the one, resolutions as well. Yeah, one being uh, particularly the resolution on the Confederate flag. That was the big external story, but the internal story. And I would say the thing that people were really talking about for the entire time there uh, was the presidential election and um, the parliamentary conundrum that we found ourselves in. And uh, speaking of parliamentary conundrum. Yes. There's a, a third story, a historic third story uh, that came out of the annual meeting, and that was the inclusion was of a female parliamentarian assistant for that the first only, time in SBC history. That was only historic in my house. That's it. So, uh, but, and on this podcast. But, uh, but yeah, it was a wild week. I remember when we uh, did our wrap up, we just really reflected on it. it seemed like every sort of unique thing that could happen did happen. Um, more motions than we've uh, than anyone yeah. could remember. Yeah. 20, like twenty two motions and none by Wiley Drake. Yeah, no Wiley Drake. A contentious resolutions report at one point, and then a, a really historic resolution, and then a presidential election that 
we really haven't seen anything like that in the buildup in 10 years, and then certainly not a runoff election with no winner. So uh, very, very interesting. And of course, um, ending the way it did with uh, sort of a unifying time. That was definitely the story at the annual meeting in St. Louis. There's no doubt about it. And there was yes. also butter cake, ooey gooey butter cake. But, yes. Yeah. Yes, there was. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to number two. How will the Supreme Court rule on the ACA challenges? Well, the Little Sisters of the Poor, they won. They're hanging in there. Yes. And that means that uh, so did many Southern Baptist institutions. It's interesting now that that's kind of done uh, at this stage. We haven't really talked about it much nope. anymore. But I bet it'll uh, be a topic of conversation in 2017. I'm sure it will be. And that's and next it was, week's episode, by the way. Yes. It was incredibly important, and I was kind of uneasy just watching it, thinking what happens uh, if the court rules the other way. Uh, but they didn't. I'm very pleased to reflect on that. Number three, what will be the outcome of the Title IX challenges by Baptist colleges? Yeah, this one... Um, kind of still hanging in the balance, huh? Yeah, a story we continue to watch, but California uh, being the big uh, the big story this year, the bill that was in their, uh, their legislature. And we were so grateful, all of us to watch that the, uh, the state senator who was sponsoring that bill kind of, you know, decided to, to stand down, uh, make some shifts. And so, uh, that was, that was a very, very much a relief. But, you know, Scott Ray from Biola University spoke at uh, a dinner when we were at the ETS meeting in November and he, he kind of talked to the entire room full of college and seminary faculty just about what it really meant to kind of exist in California at that time and the questions in the air. And I think uh, we haven't seen the last of this one. No doubt about that. Not just in California, but in other states as well. Number four, who will run for SBC president? Well, there were three candidates. We had J.D. Greer from the Summit Church in the Raleigh-Durham area. We had Steve Gaines from Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis. And we had David Crosby from First Baptist New Orleans. Yes. And that answers that. So yeah, I'm going to move to the an next easy question. <laughs> here's, here's another easy one. Yes. Will there be any entity head openings? That one was answered within a month of the podcast because Wanda Lee announced her retirement and yes. uh, has since been replaced by Sandy Wisdom Martin. And uh, she started in October at the WMU. And, uh, and it's possible we still have a few days left, but I don't think we'll see any more of those this year. Right. Um, I am going to correct you on that, though, Jonathan, because the, technically the answer to this question is no. Oh. There was not an entity head opening. There was an auxiliary head well, opening. If you want to diminish the role of the WMU and the SPC. That's not diminishing the role of the WMU. <laughs> That's sticking to the bylaws. I know, I know. It's an auxiliary. It's not an entity. But that's Wanda Lee, um, the, the president of the WMU, is a member of the Great Commission Council, yes. the GCC. So that That's doesn't mean any less. Yes, it's it, it's not lessening. It's just the role. Yeah, she has to stand and up and answer questions potentially at the SBC annual meeting. So Yes, just the role and the relationship. Exactly. Um, so the, there was that and that's it. I think, we're, I think we're good. Okay. Next question. Will the changes we saw in state conventions in 2015 continue? Kind of, I think is the answer to there. Maybe. A little bit. Yeah. I think they, they've slowed a little from here and there. But but at the same time, we did see states like Iowa jump to 50-50. So it yeah. is happening. And and I would say this, just trying to remember last year, I think one of the things we were reflecting on is, 
it wasn't just a move toward 50 50 because we did see that a lot that yeah. was in a lot and of that still continues they moved, yeah they moved one percent or they moved two percent one of the things we were seeing a year ago uh it was a lot of reorganizations uh buildings were being sold and and consolidations were happening i don't we didn't really see a ton of that this year well, we, we saw we kind of did i mean alabama they sold their building montana uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we saw it, but not, not in big states, you know, not to the scale of what we saw in Florida last year. Yeah, and not as many. I, yes. I, it seems like we saw a lot a year ago. And this year, the meetings uh, just seem to be a lot of just kind of standard stuff. But in many states, continuing to move up in uh, the percentage of CP dollars that they send on to the SBC. All right. Number seven, how do Southern Baptists respond to the issues involving Islam in the world? Jury still out? We thought Islam would be a bigger deal this year. It kind of has been, but we didn't see, I don't think, anything like what we saw in 2015. Right. And there was a there was a question at uh, the SPC annual meeting this year, and so that was, was one part of that. Mm-hmm. There are continuing discussions. I know that um, I know there are some books in the works that are, are coming out. This question seems to me it's just going to be an ongoing one because, I mean, the, the issues involving Islam in the world are... They're, they're ongoing issues, yeah. Right, they're ongoing issues. I would say that that one important thing we maybe saw, and this is a little bit different, we were kind of thinking about just the relationship of Islam to the world. What we saw is the conversation really shifted to how to handle refugees, uh, many of whom are Muslim. Yeah. So I would say that was maybe the biggest conversation among Southern Baptists at large. We had other interactions as well, but that that was maybe the biggest one and I think is an ongoing conversation. All right, number eight, how will higher education continue to change in relation to the SBC and states? I don't know if we saw a lot of change. Um, it was pretty, as far as higher education goes with the SBC, state conventions, those kind of things, they were a lot more stable in 2016 than they were in 2015. Remember we had the, yes. the whole issue at North Greenville in 2015 where the state pulled the funding. That's been restored now. We had issues with Louisiana College and probation. That's been restored now at Bruton Parker. I mean, things calmed down in the higher education world for the most part in 2016 in the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, it seemed to be more of a quiet year. And I would say that the Title IX challenges were the big conversation. That that is kind of the big question uh, in Christian higher education, period for Southern Baptist or non-Southern Baptist institutions. So that's sort of the ongoing conversation. And in that, I mean, everyone's just kind of standing together, trying to figure this out, waiting and seeing. Yep. All right. Number nine, how will relocation and a name change affect what was then Golden Gate, now Gateway Seminary? And Amy, I got to confess, I I didn't realize it until I was editing last week's podcast. I made a mistake and called Gateway Golden Gate in the interview with Dave Miller. Yeah. I goofed. Oh, no. So a dollar in the jar for me. I didn't me. even catch that. Oh, that's really sad. You called out a seminary that doesn't exist I'm anymore. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I apologize, Jeff Orge. Well, I think, I mean, I would say from everything I see, they just seem so happy. Yes. That is a great way to put it. I mean, they are they have a new energy at Gateway yes. Seminary, and it is uh, exciting times there, and I, I can't wait to see what 2017 holds for them. They had their, their first graduating class this last month in yep. in um, Ontario. So they opened in the Bay Area campus in January, like we mentioned last week on the pod. So a lot of good things coming out of Gateway Seminary out there on the West Coast. Yes. Number 10, 
What role will Southern Baptists play in the U.S. presidential election? Amy, I will let you answer this one. Well, that's that's a big question. Quite a and big I, role, I think. Is yeah, I would say the so. Answer? And I, I would say so. And I can tell you, I when we asked that question, I had no idea where this was going to go. None. And we still don't know what the outcome will be. Of, but I'm of I'm going to say I'm going to say I I wasn't uh, alone. I think we can say. Southern Baptists played a big role in the U.S. presidential election really from a year ago until now. And and here's what I mean. This is the first time, certainly in my lifetime, that, you know, when we were going into the, the primary season, it, there really was, and we were kind of well into it a year ago, but it really kicked up in the spring. We had a lot of Southern Baptists playing roles for a number of different candidates. Yeah, support was quite divided. Yeah, and we had a number of candidates who were themselves Southern Baptist or had ties to the Southern Baptist Convention. Mike Huckabee, Ted Cruz. Um, I know Marco Rubio uh, had had spent yeah. some time and worshipped at Christ Fellowship. Some, several, several people, and then even you know publicly. Obviously, we know there were folks that had some advisory roles with the Trump campaign. Yep. Robert Jeffers. Yeah, and that was early on. And then we, am I remembering correctly that Dr. Patterson, I think, was in sort of an advisory with capacity Cruz with, campaign? with yeah. Ted Cruz. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then later on, you had the the religious council. Dr. Floyd was part of that. Yeah, Jack right. Graham was part of that. So a, a lot of right. Southern Baptists involved in, on numerous levels in the presidential yeah. campaign. Yeah, and and then a lot of Southern Baptists, particularly in the primary days, really kind of all over the place. And that really spoke to the fact that the field had a lot of people that were qualified or that had uh, th that had real positives to them. And then in the summer, when things shifted over, and it was really clear who the candidates were going to be, that's when I think things were really, they were difficult for folks. Uh, they were difficult for folks to know what to do because in some cases, many people felt like they didn't have a good, easy choice in front of them. Yeah. And, and that kind of led to the, the lesser of two evil debate that we saw. I mean, that, that kind of dominated the general election uh, after we got through with the primaries. Yeah. And other, and one other thing Southern Baptist really influenced was the platform for the RNC. We saw the most conservative platform we've seen in decades you know, a lot of Southern Baptist fingerprints on that as well. Yes. Uh, with uh, Tony Perkins was on that platform committee who he is a, a Southern Baptist uh, from Louisiana, who you know well. It was clear that many of the things that we were, uh, that many of the things Southern Baptists were concerned about, and we talked about that, about what, yeah. our, what our resolutions were, how they matched up with the platform. There were a few things that were missing uh, as far as what we had just kind of said were, were important to us, but there were a lot of things that lined up. So there was definitely uh, a role. And then in the end, while we don't have, there were no exit polls specifically on Southern Baptists, we do know that evangelicals voted, um, I think the number I saw was 80% for Donald Trump. And so obviously many of those would include Southern Baptists. So I think a lot of people would say it played a big role throughout the year. That role was varied. Yeah. And, and varied in different pockets of Southern Baptism, even. Yes. So, so yeah, that, I think that was the one question I look at this list, and that, that's kind of the big one that stands out to me. Number 11, what influence will Lecrae have on culture with his new book and album? We saw kind of a big push right whenever that happened uh, early in the spring. He had, you know, New York Times bestseller all over the TV. 
everything. Yeah. He was, you know, all over the place, and, and the book did really well. So it was a good book, Unashamed by Lecrae, and uh, made a big impact on culture. He continues to be a leading voice in that hip-hop world, not just in Christian hip-hop, but in hip-hop in general. Number yeah. 12, how diverse will SBC leadership become in 2016? Well, I don't think really much changed there, Amy. No. However, we are seeing more advisory councils for yes. the SBC Executive Committee. Frank Page has put together a couple of those. So we are seeing more influence coming. It's just yes. taking its time to to actually manifest itself into leadership positions. But at the same time, IMB hired a Hispanic vice president uh, this year, Edgar Ponte, as their yes. VP for mobilization. We hired an African-American woman as an HR director at Lifeway. So there are, and there are other women uh, who joined ranks in different entities throughout the year. So, you know, things are progressing. Yes. And I think we continue to see Ronnie Floyd's commitment to uh, diversifying nominations. That, that trickle down continues for a couple of years because he just named, you know, a committee on committees this year. And those people named a committee on nominations and, and they will continue throughout the year. Also, they will be the ones that are working on the um, board vacancies. So it, the potential is still there that Dr. Floyd's commitment uh, from this past year, we will still see some of that. Yeah, and we don't know what to expect yet from the, the appointments by Steve Gaines, but it's possible that that could continue even further into uh, his tenure as president of the SBC. Yes. Number 13, what role will the WMU play in renewed discussions of missions in the church? I think there was a lot of discussion when the right. IMB drawdown took place. Uh, there was some influence there. I'm not sure how long that played out, but uh, I, I do, right. you know, there were several articles quoting Wanda Lee about missions, education, and uh, the importance of that in the church in relation to the drawdown at IMB and the VRI. Yeah, and I will say this. This is a little bit, it's not quite the like the WMU playing the role, but I'm seeing kind of a renewed interest in Lottie Moon. And we talk about her some. We talked about her last in the last episode, and then I've seen some articles. And certainly that uh, she she's one that the WMU has great interest in and, and stuff. So there may be... Is, as people begin to talk about her in discussions of missions in the church, um, they have an opportunity to kind of speak into that as well. All right. Number 14, what will we see from the ERLC in 2016 in the face of continued cultural changes? One thing we saw that was really important and I think will be important this next year uh, was the real push they did with their Evangelicals for Life conference. Yep. Stepping up and saying evangelicals need to be involved in this, in the, the March for Life, and uh, bringing that focus. And then uh, publishing a book uh, by Trillian Nobel or edited by Trillian Nobel that really discussed what it means to have a, a full pro-life ethic. And so that was a huge contribution to the conversation in spurring us on. And I know several people who are headed to the conference again this year. Um, I'm not sure they may be headed there with the hopes of getting snowed in in D.C. because it looked <laughs> like there was a lot of fun last year. But that was a, a significant contribution in their annual conference in the fall, uh, speaking about cultural engagement. Yeah, which I, I thought I enjoyed the platform speakers at that conference more than I expected. Uh, you know, it was the themed after Onward, Dr. Mord's book, and right. the guys that spoke at that, D.A. Horton, Brian LaRitz, very, very engaging yes. keynotes. I, I really enjoyed that, the, the worship from uh, Jimmy and the guys over at Austin Stone, over the top. So 
now that, that was gonna, that was a highlight for me. That that conference itself was a highlight for me. Yeah, I'm uh, going to speak into that though and say after Lizette Beard was a keynote speaker the first year, why well, everything was not be everything expected? was downhill. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, that's everything true. was downhill after that, but it was yeah. still great. Yes, and then obviously they were very involved in conversations surrounding the election. We uh, we discussed this a little bit last week, and that continues to be something that we watch and and keep an eye on as we uh, uh, as everyone prepares for the inauguration in January. So they this was a year where they were very very engaged in the conversation. Yep. And number fifteen, will we see an increase giving in CP and Lottie Moon Annie Armstrong as a result of all the changes and state funding and IMB changes? Yes, on both. Uh, the budget for the twenty sixteen CP was up a lot, like $6 million over budget, a fantastic uh, giving through CP. Both Lottie and Annie hit all-time highs. Lottie just crushed it, 165, 165 million. And uh, we've heard that they're on pace for maybe even a better year uh, this coming year. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But, uh, you know, CP is still something now that while we were up in 2016, 2017, you know, going into 2017, will that reverse trend uh, because we've seen two months right at the beginning of the fiscal year that have been kind of behind. And it's got some people concerned. Uh, some people yeah. are just kind of wondering if this is just an aberration and things will correct itself early in 2017. We don't know. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that, as I think everyone is. And then finally, what will be the result of the changes at IMB? Uh, IMB has been in the news, uh, I would say, the first half of the year was dominated by IMB. Uh, news here in the SBC, and uh, we saw that with the, the we mentioned the, the record Lottie Moon giving. Uh, we saw that with just uh, just conversation in general, the limitless missionaries and the the training opportunities they had, the conferences right. they held, and you know the training. The result of the changes were we've got fewer missionaries uh, than we've had in quite a while, but at the same time we're increasing missionaries now uh, year over year. We we announced that a few weeks or we covered that story a few weeks ago here on the podcast. Uh, so they also have the the balanced budget. So changes had to be made. Changes were made. Things uh, seem to be moving in a positive direction now at IMB, and, and and that's a good thing for Southern Baptist and for IMB. Yes, most definitely. So that's our sixteen questions, Amy. Uh, you know, was there anything that happened in the year that we didn't see coming? I guess, so to speak. Anything that that you might have remembered, or anything that might have happened in twenty sixteen that we didn't see at the beginning of the year didn't discuss uh, that. I, I think probably the big one would be the, the change in the pastor's conference. We mentioned that last yeah. week on the, the podcast. You know, we talked about the story at the annual meeting. We didn't even mention the, the win of the pastor's conference by Dave Miller and uh, yeah. kind of changing the, the thought process around what the pastor's conference is going to look like. So that, that, that'd probably be the one big thing that we, we didn't really know was going to happen at all. I mean, I don't think anybody knew that until the spring. Yeah, I think also we're, you know, we're, we've been very accustomed to there not being much of an election uh, to that. And so then then we were very, very surprised. And it was different. It was different to have almost a platform for the pastor's yeah. conference. Someone to say, I mean, that felt kind of like it's like a job interview, you know, like here's what here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. And it resonated with the the messengers there. Yes. And, you know, Dave and them will have uh, their time here in Phoenix in just a few short months to, to fulfill their end of the deal. Oh, I know one. Okay. There was a big move in your world as Ed Stetzer headed oh. to Wheaton. Yeah. That is one. It's uh, kind you of know, a big Ed story. Stetzer leaving 
Lifeway uh, as vice president for Lifeway Research and, and leaving and going to Wheaton as a director yes. of the Billy Graham Center for Evangelism up there in Wheaton. And uh, yeah, that was a that was quite a big move. Uh, people in the SBC, you know, took notice of that move. So, yeah, I'm looking back. The reason I thought of that is I'm looking back at all of our old our old notes, the headlines but, and the episodes and everything. Yes. Just checking it all out, making sure because sometimes these things happen and then I don't think about them for months and months. Uh, this is you guys also announced your plan and your new location. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. Yep. Started construction. Oh, and another one that was really a big story in the spring uh, that was just important to Southern Baptist was the Planned Parenthood videos that were dropping. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that that was a huge one, and that was a tough one. Yeah, and really shaped the, the conversation around Planned Parenthood, around abortion, uh, those things, and made that a key point in you know the Trump campaign against the Clinton campaign. Yes. Uh, one other one, I'm looking here, one other one, Diddy Burke being named the president of the CBMW. That was another one. Owen Strand yeah. uh, moving to Midwestern and, and Denny taking over that post. That was a big one. You you already mentioned Edgar Aponte, uh, but also Barrett Duke heading to oh, Montana yeah. mm-hmm. was a big one. I, I think, and, and I think we probably need to just, you know, certainly go back if you're listening, look in the show notes, remind yourself of some things that have happened. But we should end on um, on a note since, since the election was, uh, the presidential election, the United States presidential election, was kind of the big news story of the year for all of us. We need to all remember that as the birther story dominated that conversation, uh, that Donald Trump was not the one who started the birther claim. And Hillary Clinton was not the one that started uh, the birther claim. But as we uh, shared in episode 71, that was started by Wiley Drake. You got it. Wiley Drake started the birther claim. And and he wanted to make sure that we knew. Yes. So, so Southern Baptist started the birther claim. So that was one of the big stories of the year. Yep. That, we didn't see that one coming either. <laughs> nope. I certainly did. No, we didn't. All, All right. right. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. Those are our 16 things. Let us know on Twitter if there's anything that uh, we may not have thought of whenever we we're going over uh, the year in review and the year that was in the Southern Baptist Convention. We're going to be back with another episode looking ahead now. Uh, to 2017 next week. Then we'll be back to our kind of regular news recaps and things like that uh, with all the goodies with this week in SBC history and all the fun stuff that we uh, like to do here on the podcast. So thanks again for listening to the podcast and all the support you give us uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, Check us out there and we will see you next year. See you next year.